This is Julie D. And you're listening to the Nordonia We Need to Talk Podcast Network, brought to you by NordoniaHills.News. And without further ado, the Cleveland Sports Show starts now. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Cleveland Sports Show today with Darius Sethna. A ton to talk about today. First, uh, we're going to start off the morning with our sports fact of the day. And on this day, January 12th in 1992, um, Troy State's men's basketball team defeated DeVry Institute by a score of 258 to 141 um, at Sartain Hall in Troy, Alabama. Uh, the game set a, rec- a college basketball record for most points scored by one team and by two teams combined. Uh, Troy State scored in the first half alone 123 points to set an NCAA record for most points and a half, uh, which uh, immediately was broken uh, with the 135 points in the second half. And under the offensive-oriented system of coach Don Mastry, uh, Troy State was able to average 121 points per game in the 1991-1992 season, um, which I think is a pretty amazing accomplishment. And considering the fact that we have so much basketball to talk about today, I think this is a great fact to set the mood for our podcast. But before we get into basketball, let's talk about the Premier League. And uh, Liverpool still hold the first seed uh, with 54 points. It's then Manchester City in second place, uh, followed by Tottenham Hotspur and Chelsea. The top scorers in the Premier League um, updated for this week. Harry Kane uh, is still in the spot with 14 goals scored. Um, he's played 1,797 minutes. Um, Pierre-Emerick Aboumeyang is in second place also with 14 goals scored. He's played 1,737 minutes. Uh, Egyptian Mohamed Salah with uh, 1,759 minutes played and uh, 13 goals scored on the season. And then the Belgian superstar Eden Hazard with 10 goals so far this season um, with 1,585 minutes played. And then uh, Sergio Guerrero and Raheem Sterling, um, uh, Sergio with 10 goals and Sterling with 9 goals. Um, Sergio Aguero has played 1,258 minutes, while Raheem Sterling has gone on to play 1,479 minutes so far in this Premier League season. And in La Liga, Barcelona still remain the top, have a comfortable 5-point margin um, over Atletico Madrid, who have 35 points. Uh, Sevilla is then in third place with um, Alaves in fourth. Um, the other powerhouse of La Liga, Real Madrid, sits in fifth place, 10 points behind Barcelona with 30 points, uh, with nine wins, three draws, and six losses. It is also um, in the Premier, excuse me, La Liga, moving on to La Liga. Um, Lionel Messi, um, a lot of us argue him as the best player ever to live, has 16 goals so far this season. He's played 1,321 minutes. Uh, Luis Suarez, his sidekick on Barcelona, has 12 goals scored, and the Uruguayan striker has 1,448 minutes played. Um, another Uruguayan player, Christian Suani of Girona, has 11 goals scored, um, with 1,295 minutes played. And, of course, we're going to get to Serie A as well. Um, Juventus still um, top, of the, top of the standings, top of the table, with 53 points. Um, Napoli and Inter Milan um, and Lazio are the three teams behind them. Napoli has 44 points, Inter Milan 5 points behind them with 39, and then 7 points behind Inter Milan 
or Lazio, uh, one of the two teams from Rome. The top scorers in the Premier League, Cristiano Ronaldo, um, you know, another one of those um, individuals, soccer players that we categorize maybe as the best to ever play, um, whose first season in Juventus, um, he's shining on the brightest stage with 14 goals scored on five assists. He has 1,635 minutes played. Then Christoph Piacek of Genoa with 13 goals scored. He has 1,594 minutes played. And then in third place is Fabio Quagliarella of Sampdoria um, with 12 goals scored in 1,548 minutes played. And moving on to our next soccer league, France League 1. PSG still um, actually have a double-digit point differential between um, Lille. PSG has 47 points and after 17 matches played have still yet to lose a game at 15 wins and 2 draws. Um, Lille is right behind them with 37 points, like I said, 11 wins, 4 draws, and 5 losses. Lyon and Montpellier take the 3rd and 4th place spots with Saint-Étienne at 30 points in 5th place with 8 wins, 6 draws, and 4 losses. Bundesliga action, uh, or, or excuse me, let's uh, talk about the top scorers in French League 1. Um, Nicolas Pepe of Lille has 13 goals on 7 assists with 1,787 minutes played, and Kylian Mbappe of PSG, who really shined um, at the 2018 World Cup this past summer, has 13 goals, 927 minutes played. Um, Emiliano Sala has 12 goals on uh, 2 assists. Um, Sala of Nantes also has 1,281 minutes played, and the Brazilian superstar Neymar, also of PSG, has 11 goals this season. 70% of his shots have been on target. And he has played a total of 1,037 minutes. And uh, last but certainly not least, the Bundesliga. Um, Dortmund are have a six-point advantage over um, the um, favored Bayern Munich. Um, Dortmund have 13 wins, three draws, and only one loss, working by 42 points. Um, Bayern have 36 points, thanks to 11 wins, three draws, and three losses. And then it's Malenchen, Gladbach, um, Leipzig, and Wolfsburg who take the 3-4 and five spots. Top scorers in the Premier League um, are Luka Jovic with 12 goals scored of Frankfurt, 1,007 minutes played. Uh, Paco Alacer um, has 12 goals scored. Uh, 70% of his shots have been on target. He uh, has 502 minutes played. And uh, Marco Royce, Timo Werner, and Robert Lewandowski take the 3-4-5 and five spot uh, this week for um, the Bundesliga top scorers. And before we move on to basketball, um, one more league I'd like to introduce to you guys today is Belgium First Division A group. I remember if you watched the World Cup last year, Belgium moved on to the semifinals of the World Cup and eventually won the third place playoff game. Um, in their um, First Division A um, league, uh, Jenk has 48 points thanks to 14 wins, 6 draws, and 1 loss, and then it's Club Bruges, Antwerp, and Standard Ligue, um, taking the two, third, and fourth, second, third, and fourth spot of the Belgian First Division A group. So that concludes our um, soccer portion of the show this week. Let's talk about basketball. And when we talk about basketball, we always have to talk about the Caps first because this is, of course, the Cleveland Sports Show. Um, unfortunately, lot a lot to take uh, positively from the Cavs um, this week, last Saturday. They um, opened up their week with a 133-98 to 
blowout loss at home by the New Orleans Pelicans and Anthony Davis. Um, Anthony Davis himself didn't have um, a monster night, only 20 points. Um, but it just shows you even mediocre teams like the Pelicans can come into the queue and just storm over the Cavs. Um, the Cavs um, and the Pelicans had a two-point differential at the end of the first quarter, but in the third quarter, once again, it was the Pel- um, the Cavs were really just falling off the hill, and the Pelicans just rolled over them in the second half, eventually um, winning the game 133-98. to The Cavs then... Um, ended their four-game homestand against the Indiana Pacers this past Tuesday. Um, that was the day I was actually um, broadcasting the Knights and North Wilson basketball game, which had an incredible finish. If you haven't checked that out, make sure you see it. Um, but I was also giving you guys updates on this game, and the Cavs just fell behind. It was actually not the third quarter this past Tuesday, but the first quarter. The Cavs were down by 22 after one quarter to the Pacers. Um, in the third quarter, they were able to rally back with a 36-point quarter. Um, they also scored 36 points in the, thir- in the fourth quarter. However, unfortunately, not enough as the Pacers and Victor Oladipo were able to prevail um, by a score of 123-115 to at the queue. Victor Oladipo that night, um, similar to Anthony Davis, didn't have a monster performance, um, but Thaddeus Young, the Pacer forward, had 36 minutes, 5 rebounds, 3 assists, uh, to tally 26 points. And then um, the Cavs began their sixth-game um, West Coast road trip this past Wednesday when they uh, traveled to uh, New Orleans to look for revenge against the Pelicans and actually started the game off great. They were up 38-25 to after one quarter. Um, but then, again, as we all expected, the Cavs pretty much blew that lead um, in uh, going into halftime. They conceded 34 points in the second quarter to only scoring 25 and then um, third quarter rolled around, and they got blown out once again, um, conceding 41 points in the third quarter, and eventually gave up 140 points in the game to lose it 140 to 124. Anthony Davis, um, after his 20-point performance against the Cavs, was able to pour in 38, and uh, Drew Holiday of the Pelicans also able to put up 18, and Julius Randle, the newly acquired center for the Pelicans, put up 17 points. And uh, we all know about the uh, horrendous game between the uh, Cavs and Rockets last night. It was a pretty um, horrible night to be a Cavs fan last night. Um, James Harden and the Rockets were on fire, just coming out on all cylinders. After the Cavs opened up with a 5-0 lead, the Rockets eventually scored 42 points in the first half and were up by 20 in the blink of an eye. It was insane. Um, the Cavs were just really never able to retain any of that momentum and uh, just got uh, kept and the Rockets blew them out of the building, and it wasn't even halftime yet. Uh, the Cavs did outscore the Rockets 32-28 to in the fourth quarter, but unfortunately all little too late, um, even given the fact that James Harden was on the bench the whole fourth quarter. Now, I do have some positives to take away from this. Obviously, Jordan Clarkson once again showing me why he should be an all-star candidate this year for the Cavs. Didn't have a great performance against the Rockets last night, but let's face it, no one did. He only had 12 points in 25 minutes and three rebounds, one assist and a steal. He was 5 for 15 from the field. But he, he um, after that 12-point performance against the Jazz, he put in 23 um, on January 5th against the Pelicans and then was able to put in 26 against the Pacers. And then in New Orleans on Wednesday, he put in 21 points, 2 of 5 from three-point range. If you also didn't know, the Cavaliers did acquire... Um, 
former Bulls guard Cameron Payne. Um, Cameron Payne used to play, was drafted by the Oklahoma City Thunder. He played alongside Kevin Durant and Russell Westbrook, um, and was eventually traded to the Bulls um, in the 2016-17 season, and uh, was picked up on a 10-day contract by the Cavs, and he's actually been playing well with them. His first game against the Pacers, he had 10 points in 22 minutes. He had 16 in New Orleans against the Pelicans in 22 minutes. Uh, he was 6 of 8 from the field, 3 of 5 from 3-point range in New Orleans. And um, this past Friday in Houston, he had 21 minutes, uh, 9 points, a 1 of 6 from the field. His worst game yet as a Cavalier, um, but that was probably one of the Cavaliers' worst performances um, yet of the season. And surprisingly, this is also the highest points uh, average that Cameron Payne has had in his career. He's averaging 11.7 points with the Cavs so far, the highest ever in his career. So hopefully the Cavs are able to keep that up with him and uh, just uh, keep building off Cameron Payne and the experience he has, especially playing alongside Russell Westbrook and Kevin Durant. However, like I said, there is terrible, terrible news with the Cavs. Um, Kevin Love is still out. And I'm, um, you know, I talked about this last week. This is, this is ridiculous. Uh, Kevin Love has had a toe surgery. He's only played, you know, about four games with the Cavs. And, you know, he's the highest played player on the Cavs. This year alone, he's making $24,119,000 in, uh, sorry, $24,119,025. And he's making even more next year. Next year, He'll be 31, and he'll be making almost $26 million. So the fact that, you know, the Cavs are really just paying almost all of their salary to this guy, and he's not even playing, uh, it, it's a little bit ridiculous. And now they have him in a long-term contract, so it's not like they can just get rid of him easily, almost like John Wall with the Wizards. You know, I'm extreme, extremely disappointed with how Kevin Love took this season. You know, and we even heard, I even heard a um, practice interview with him you know, he said he was talking about how hard it was, you know, just to be on the bench. But to me, he just showed that he didn't, he just showed no emotion at all. You know, it seems like he really doesn't care about this season at all. Um, you know, just showing up to the games and, you know, in a suit isn't, isn't going to help the Cavs win. You know, he has to be on the court. And we've seen what Kevin Love has been able to do with, with LeBron James and Kyrie Irving. And we saw him before he came to the Cavs with Minnesota and the numbers he was putting up there. So, you know, the reason I had hope for the Cavs before the season started was because of what Kevin Love has brought to the table. And, um, you know, the fact that he gets injured, not even, you know, 10 games into the season, and now the Cavs are, you know, just plagued with injuries now. You know, um, Rodney Hood just got back from an injury. I said if the Cavs were healthy, they'd have a chance. They have absolutely no chance to make the uh, playoffs right now. And, um, in fact, the NBA standings, Cavaliers are the worst team in the Eastern Conference, and they are the only team in the NBA who doesn't even have double-digit wins yet. So I'm extremely, I'm extremely disappointed with Kevin Love. You know, he's 30 years old now, making $25 million this year, and, you know, not even uh, lacing up shoes and going on the court. It really is just a robbery this year for the Cavs, and I'm extremely disappointed. And, you know, no, I could, you know, I can understand if he doesn't, you know, play for you know, a week or something like that. But, I mean, really, it's been it's been about five months, you know, three, four months. And with with a toe injury, really, we've seen we've seen uh, guys like Marcus Smart of the Celtics get worse injuries than that and pretty much come back in the same game. So, you know, I'm, I'm very disappointed with what Kevin Love's brought to the table this year. 
And I really hope that um, the Cavs really have a talk with him because this this is ridiculous and this isn't new. We've seen this before from Kevin Love, and I think it really needs to change given the fact that he is really the sole all star on the Cavs. You know, other than Jordan Clarkson, who I think has just been out of his mind. Um, this week, this uh, excuse me, this upcoming schedule for the Cavs in this uh, next week, um, they head to Los Angeles. Unfortunately, there will be no LeBron in this one. They'll take on the Lakers at Staples Center tomorrow at 9.30, and then they'll head over to the Rose City in Portland to take on Damian Lillard, C.J. McCollum, and the Portland Trailblazers. That's at 10 o'clock. They'll head to Utah to reunite with Kyle Korver and the Jazz, looking to get revenge this uh, this upcoming Friday in Salt Lake City. And then they will conclude their, um, their excuse me, six-game West Coast road trip in the Mile High City in Denver to take on uh, Nikola Jokic, Gary Harris, and the Nuggets before coming back on Martin Luther King Jr. Day to take on the Chicago Bulls. So do I think the Cavaliers can win any of these games? To be honest with you, um, probably, and I think they will not win any of these games. Um, I think the game that they have the closest chance to win is the give, going up against the Lakers, and that's only the fact that they don't have um, LeBron James with them right now who will be reevaluated and um, LeBron James is actually expected to play sometimes towards the end of next week. So the Lakers still have a few games uh, without LeBron, and I think this gives uh, opens the door for the Cavs to really make the game competitive. Um, but I thought that the Cavs would make it competitive against, you know, teams like the Pacers and the Rockets, and they've eventually just been blown out. So I really see no hope for the Cavs in this six-game road, uh, road trip. I think they'll go 0-6, and... Um, Overall, just very, very disappointing still to be a Cleveland fan uh, this season. Um, fortunately, the Indians are coming soon. So, and for uh, the Indians just signed Francisco Lindor back to the team. So, there's still some positives uh, if you're a Cleveland sports fan. Now, I was talking about the Lakers uh, just a moment ago, who are three and six since Christmas when LeBron went down with that groin injury. Last night, they played a terrible game against the Utah Jazz, losing losing 113-95, to 95. and Kyle Kuzma, who's really um, the secondary scorer behind LeBron, who finished with 41 points, a career high this past Wednesday against the Pistons, 16 of 24 from the field, 5 of 10 from three-point range, two rebounds, and it was an absolute monster against the uh, Pistons on this, this past Wednesday. Um, unfortunately, he was not able to um, boost that performance and really emulate that performance last night. In 36 minutes, he had only 11 points, while Wednesday, in only 29 minutes played, he had 41 points. Um, last night, he was 4 of 18 from the field, 0 of 5 from 3. He had 8 rebounds, um, 1 assist, and a steal. And um, really, if the Lakers want to be successful, they're really going to need their young guns, especially Kyle Kuzma, to step up. Kyle Kuzma is, I think, the most talented um, player, young uh, player you know, out of um, guys like Brandon Ingram and Lonzo Ball. And speaking of uh, Brandon Ingram and Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram was really the only Laker last night getting it done for them. 35 minutes, he had 15 points, 6 of 11 from the field. He was 1 for 1 uh, from 3-point range. Um, he was really the only Laker really um, that was consistent last night. And even for him, you know, that's a mediocre game for someone like Brandon Ingram with the size and the athletic ability that he has. And, of course, Lonzo Ball has had a disappointing last two games. After his 21-point performance in 37 minutes um, 
against the Mavericks on Monday. He only um, poured in. He only, excuse me, put in five points against the Pistons in 35 minutes and seven points last night against the Jazz. You know, really, I'm really scratching my head and really thinking as to why did Magic Johnson draft Lonzo Ball? You can't really just draft Lonzo Ball just because he's from you know the Los Angeles area and because um, Daddy Lavar wants wants you to wants him to play for the Lakers. You have to think. I think De'Aaron Fox would have been a great choice and the way he's playing for the Lakers. Um, because Lonzo Ball right now is the starting point guard. And you can't have your, in the NBA today, you can't have your starting point guard only scoring five points and seven points um, in back-to-back games, especially given all the minutes he's had. He's played a total of 66 minutes, and he's only averaged 12 points in the last two games. That, that, just, cannot, that just cannot happen, especially without LeBron James. And we all know what LeBron James will bring back to the Lakers team. Um, you know, when, when he returns from his injury. But as of now, the, it just shows you that the Lakers need another superstar really to help carry them, especially past the Warriors. Um, because this Laker team right now without LeBron is basically the same Laker team that we've seen the past few years um, after Kobe left, just rebuilding and not winning games and just having mediocre performances throughout. Um, the up, next upcoming schedule for the Lakers um they're most likely going to turn it around against the Cavs tomorrow um, at home in the Staples Center. Then they'll host Chris Dunn, Zach Levine, and the Chicago Bulls on Tuesday before heading out to Oklahoma City to face the Thunder. That'll begin a three-game um, three um, three um, stid of taking on really the top teams in the West. Like I said, this past this next upcoming Thursday, they'll take on the like, Thunder in Oklahoma City. Then they'll head to Houston for the NBA Saturday ABC Saturday primetime game against the Rockets and James Harden. And then they'll head back home to Staples Center to take on the Golden State Warriors um, on Martin Luther King Day at 10.30 Eastern Time. So, rough schedule ahead for the Lakers. The good news is for them, though, um, once they start getting into those um, more challenging games like the Thunder and the Rockets, um, LeBron James is projected to be back. So that'll, like I said, it'll definitely give them a huge boost going into those games. And um, before we move on to our next topic here, just want to let you guys know I will be creating a um, website um, for all my work. I'm still figuring out the names, but I'm thinking of going to Wix.com, making a website. Um, you can also check out my work on Twitter. My Twitter feed is at Nordonia Sports, uh, at I'm Darius Sethna. So I've actually been posting a lot of stuff. I was actually, I actually posted, um, Lamarcus Aldridge's highlights from his sensational 56 point game this past Thursday against the Thunder. Um, so, and I'll also be posting this podcast as well. We're still, uh, working on getting my broadcast updated to Twitter. Um, but look for that soon. And also, uh, we're going to move on from basketball now. Our last topic of the day is the NFL. The playoffs are in full swing um, this this weekend. Today at 435, the Indianapolis Colts, who surprised and stunned the Houston Texans in Houston this past Saturday by a score of 21-7, to will now face the Kansas City Chiefs, who finished um, first in the AFC West 12-4 uh, on the season. Um, the Dallas Cowboys, who have a major, major fan base, um, will be in Los Angeles to take on the Rams, who finished 
It's going to be in first place in the NFC West at 13-3 and three on the season. The, um, the Los Angeles Chargers will also be taking, um, will head to, um, um, Gillette, uh, Gillette Stadium in, uh, Massachusetts to take on Tom Brady and the New England Patriots, uh, who were in the Super Bowl last year looking, um, to revive and really redempt themselves after that loss to the Eagles. And speaking of the Eagles, the Eagles will be in New Orleans tomorrow at 4.40 p.m. Um, to take on Drew Brees and the Saints. So um, after that round, um, the NFL Conference Championships will begin um, next weekend, um, this upcoming Sunday, uh, not upcoming Sunday, next Sunday, January 20th at 3.05, and then 6.40 will be the Conference Championships, then followed by the Pro Bowl and, of course, the infamous Super Bowl. So what are your predictions? Um, let me know what your predictions are in um, on Twitter. Um, once again, my hashtag is at Nordoni Sports. We have a lot of uh, great NFL action for you this weekend. Uh, hope you enjoy those games. Hope the Cavs actually do well um, in this uh, next week, upcoming week. Like I said, I don't think they will. But that concludes our show for this week, you guys. Uh, thank you so much for um, all your listening. If there's anything you think I can do better with the show, uh, again, please uh, let me know at Twitter. But thank you guys so much for listening. Um, I really enjoy um, being here and uh, doing all uh, doing all of this with you guys. And um, have a great week, and I will see you hopefully next weekend. See you guys. Have a great week, and go Cavs. Mm-hmm.